Hi there, and welcome back to part two of Virtual Center Server 5.1, what's new and different. And with me again, I've got Justin King. Say hello to everybody, Justin. Hi, everyone. Justin here. <laughs> so, um, Justin, what have we got to, to cover in this uh, second part on Virtual Center? Yeah, so as you mentioned, we've got a lot of uh, content that we're, we're distributing across these three sessions. But uh, today I want to talk about the vSphere Web Client. Uh, this is going to touch a, a lot of areas um, with people that are familiar with uh, vSphere in general and new to vSphere as well. Uh, so we're going to go through, um, have a live demo of of, uh, of its use cases and how what we feel we've enhanced the end user experience. And then I want to also highlight uh, an area that I'm uh, not too skillful on, but we have some great stats to show on what the vCenter performance uh, team have done to uh, improve performance uh, well, not only with the, the architecture, uh, the components, but also the database itself, which, as we all know, can be a big pain point. Cool. All right, so let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the, uh, the vSphere web client. So uh, with 5.1, uh, this I call it enhanced. However, we did have a web client in 5.0, and uh, yes, I have, have been on tape saying it sucked. Uh, the 5.1 version uh, is a complete rewrite uh, and actually provides full functionality um, to the VI client, the desktop client that we've all uh, kind of been familiar with for, for many years now. And in fact, we're so so behind this web client that the, the benefits of using a, a web-based client in an environment with multiple platforms, etc., we've decided that all new 5.1 functionality uh, will only be able to be managed and administered through the vSphere web client. We spoke a little bit about this uh, in part one when we were talking about tagging. Tagging is only visible in the web client uh, for searching, etc., and creating those tags. And the same uh, with a couple of the other technologies. Uh, I'll, I'll mention the only one that really didn't make it in is uh, VXLAN. VXLAN, you still would use the desktop client. And uh, we can talk about the what ha what will work and what won't as we get into this, but the idea is this is this is really the primary client now. This is the go-to client for vSphere 5.1 administration, and we're going to build and build off of this. Remember, vCenter is that management framework uh, that we we're laying out the foundations, and this is all all building on top of that. I think it's fair to say that the previous web client, its agenda was quite different. It was, it was essentially sort of geared towards the operator who would want to power off a virtual machine, power it on, get a window on a virtual machine. We never at that point had an intention of completely replacing the C-sharp client, as it's sometimes called, with a web client that would be as functional if having more features and more options available to it. Yeah. And it goes further back than that. We had the web services in the early versions of uh, vSphere, Virtual Center, and we, we got rid of them and everyone screamed. We brought them back and that's kind of where the driver came. You know, I need that uh, you know, time of need access to my environment. I don't have a, a, a desktop client to connect with. If I need to reboot a host or reboot a VM, let me, let me, give me what I can. And that, that's kind of where the, uh, the web access came from or, or the functionality came back. And this has kind of evolved, but you're exactly right. If you had a support team that all they did was uh, VM support, desktop support type of thing, then the, the 5.0 browser was good because you had full functionality at the object around virtual machines. You could see networking. You could see storage. We kind of teased you, but you couldn't do anything with it. You, you, they were just visible, you know, so... Um, so with the 5.1, uh, this is uh, obviously browser-based, and uh, this is fully supported uh, on Internet Explorer, 
Firefox, and Chrome. Chrome was a late addition, but we got it in there before they, uh, they closed the books. Uh, but they are fully supported on Windows and Linux, uh, meaning that uh, there is a, uh, a console, the VMRC, that we're familiar with, for, uh, if you're familiar with the Cloud Director mm -hmm. products, uh, that uh, is, is used for the console access, as well as a few other things like password authentication. Uh, that is only uh, today available on the Windows and Linux environments. But hey, Mike, you're a Mac user, I'm a Mac user, what about us, you know? Well, uh, with the exception of that VM console access, you still have the full functionality of, of navigating through your environments and uh, working on data stores, networks, etc. Um, within the browser, you just wouldn't be able to pull up the console uh, within, within the browser on a Mac computer. Mm. Okay. So this is obviously uh, the new face of Visa administration. Uh, I could actually rename this to be the new face of uh, the vCloud suite because that's uh, obviously the direction we're moving in. And this is, uh, you know, I say this is the primary client, this is the new face. This is what VMware is mandating all our products to move into. So we have a, you know, that dreaded uh, phrase, single pane of glass, all our solutions and all of our, our environment. And, you know, we're going to talk about it in a minute not just VMware solutions. We want this to also, this is fully extendable so that you can have our, our solutions from our storage vendors, our network vendors, our antivirus uh, vendors, etc. They can all build into this so we can have a one client approach. Sound good? Sounds good to me. I've already seen some of that happening with the people from Pure Storage. I think they've got a plugin into the, the web client for their their solid state storage arrays. So even in these early days, some of the other yeah. vendors are starting to pick up on the new UI. Absolutely, and that was something that we we went back when we started uh, beta uh, using the beta for for this. Uh, we we got the the big four we uh, we like to call them involved and got them ramped up to speed with some training so that they can start working for this. And um, we'll have a slide on that in a second. But we everyone is is moving to uh, to this in, in, in environment. But I'm sorry, Mike, uh, if we can find a nice sound effect, this will be great here, but I've got a big announcement to make. And uh, this is the last release that you will have the desktop client. <laughs> there will be no more desktop client after this release. We obviously needed a one release side-by-side -side to get familiar with and, and moved over. Uh, but in uh, the next version, whatever we call that, it's bye-bye client. So uh, there will no be uh, no more desktop clients. I can see people are really disappointed <laughs> and to be honest I, we were a little surprised because we, we thought there would be a little bit of resistance to this announcement and at VMworld we actually got a round of applause every time we mentioned it and it would totally blew us over because we weren't expecting that at all but mm. that people people like the idea of, of what we're going forward with so but why why do a uh, why, why uh, a new client why you know the, the old one was was well liked you know it had some 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 items that we're going to talk about here but why, why go through the work of, of doing this because we actually have been doing this for two years developing this this full functional web client well you know this really shows that VMware listens to its customers and today you know we have Macs we have Linux uh, machines we have Windows machines but our client is only available on a Windows environment mm scalability you know we're, we're we're talking cloud scalability these days and that's uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of objects within an inventory you know if you start navigating through hierarchical trees that gets very click friendly and it really doesn't make it a good user experience for managing uh, large scale inventories 
Uh, also, performance uh, falls into this a little bit because, you know, as we mentioned in part one, we open up that desktop client, we get the frame, and then we go away, get a coffee, come back, and we've still got a white frame and no information. And uh, it's having to get all that information and, and present it to the, to the desktop client. Uh, so it was a, a few usable uh, issues there. And then something that both you and I are, are kind of uh, fall into uh, as we use the various VMware products, we have this inconsistent look and feel across the solutions and we need to uh, bring uh, you know we need we need to uh, fix that because it's a learning curve just to understand the GUI as we go from one product to the other and if we can bring it into a similar flavor uh, it'll be a lot easier for our users our customers to uh, to actually use the uh, get it get up and running uh, much quicker uh, workflow lock is uh, a feature that I I really like it's uh, it was actually there in 5.0, but because no one used the web client, no one really got to know much about it. Uh, but this is a uh, workflow lock. Is you know I'm going through my configuration wizard. I'm reconfiguring maybe a, mo a V motion um, migration, or you know something along those lines. And I'm at step 37 of 39, whatever it could be, and I get the phone call. Oh, the data center's gone down. Or I need you to go run and do this. I'd have to cancel out or open up another browser session, taking up more resources to continue with the work. Um, so if I, could, if I canceled, I lost everything, or I, I double up my resources. And so workflow lock will show in a minute, but it's it's a nice feature that allows us to to handle those type of scenarios and situations. I was saying in our previous call, I've switched over to using the virtual center appliance, and I've been using the web client for nearly a week. And that, that ability to minimize uh, a wizard, go off and check something, validate a setting, bring that wizard back up and again, finish it. It's, I wonder now how I survived without it. Or I <laughs> probably didn't. I probably just went, ah, cancel, go back, yeah. check, crank up again, you know. So it, it's a real lifesaver in a way that you perhaps don't realize until you, you start to use the web client a bit. And it's these little things that help you become a more effective administrator. You know, it's it's what well, it doesn't have to be a big big change. It's just little 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 tweaks here and there that that can help uh, with that whole user experience. Mm -hmm. And you know, the biggest pain point that customers have told us, customers have told us, support uh, people. Every time we come out with a new release, whether it's an update or a, a dot one or a major release, you give me a new desktop client. Mm -hmm. But I'm not fully merged over, so I have to keep uh, multiple versions of the desktop client. Even though it's hidden as one desktop client on the on the end user computer, you actually have a couple of installations in there. And you know, if you're trying to do something quickly on a, another computer, you've got to download that client. And so, uh, you know, th these are really the pain points that we had around uh, the desktop client today. And and I'm hoping most of you will agree with me. Yeah. So what about the architecture? Let's, uh, let's see how, how it fits together first because obviously uh, there, it is a browser. We've got our browsers here. We are de delivering this via Flash. Uh, we do have a middleware server, a web server uh, component that is uh, built on uh, a Virgo, which comes from our Spring Source uh, teams. Uh, they do lots of uh, really cool stuff uh, around Java and the Tomcat uh, server. And this is kind of what uh, hosts your your browser with uh, uh, the sessions that you create. Uh, the plugins uh, will be updated, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, how this communicates, though, as you open in that browser, you can obviously talk into the web server. And then a lot of the information that you're actually pulling up to the client is really a read on, on the database. And so we have the inventory service, which we talked about in part one, which helps optimize and... and uh, uh, 
slipstream the amount of data used between the client and, and the servers themselves by keep, keeping that cache. And from that inventory service, then obviously that talks directly with the vCenter server itself. Now, there might be some people who will who'll question the use of, of Flash in this model and, and say, well, why not? Why not HTML5? Isn't everybody, even Steve Jobs and even Adobe themselves are saying that they want to get away from Flash. So why not HTML5 rather than, than Flash? So this is uh, the million dollar question and we've, we've been battling this uh, you know, ever since we've kind of gone to market with this product. And uh, you know, this product has been in development for over two years mm. and the decision two years ago was to go with Flash. Flash at that point in time, and it's still relatively true today, is still the best way for delivering a rich media experience to the browser and uh, being secure at the same time. Mm. The problem with HTML5 is uh, it's not really a problem. It's just you know everyone likes to render their, render HTML5 their own way. And so if we develop the whole client in HTML5 using the Internet Explorer, going to Firefox, going to Google, you're going to have different uh, end-use uh, experiences. Ah because of the way each browser renders that. And so we are looking at, uh, you know, we're keeping an eye out on technologies. There could be another technology that comes around and, and wipes away HTML5, but we, we just don't know today. And we're still, you know, we're still strong for our flexed uh, development, delivering this as, as a Flash-based application. Understood. And that's uh, on the roadmap, and there's no change in that on the roadmap as we go forward over the next couple of years. Okay. Yeah, thought I'd throw that in there. So, <laughs> a nice thing that we have uh, with the the web client, you know, with the the desktop client, performance can be a can be an item. You know, we could have up to a hundred sessions, and with some tests that we've done, we've done between five zero and five one, we can see the specs right here on the screen: thirty two CPU VC, a thousand hosts, ten thousand VMs. When we're logged in with the VI client, uh, with a hundred sessions, the vCenter CPU is about fifty percent. Wow, you know that's that's you know as, as much as it's a hundred connections, it's still quite a hit on on the application side. And so if we you know log in with the web client, we were actually doing it with three hundred sessions of the web client connected in. Obviously, through the change in architecture, we have that inventory service now that helps with the with the ability uh, um, to reduce the load on vCenter. And with the three hundred with the same environment, we had. 25% CPU usage on the actual uh, vCenter itself. So I think, you know, moving to the web client from a performance aspect, you know, with the, with the change in architecture, it's it's we've made headways with with the performance of the client itself. We're going to get into a bit more detail uh, towards the end of this session on on the database side, but just just from the client, that that's that's pretty impressive numbers. And most of those performance improvements come from the inventory service and the caching that it does or does it come from from other aspects of, of Virtual Center being rebuilt? Yeah, so most of it from the client perspective is with the inventory service because it maintains a cache of the inventory objects. So it has an XDB database, as we talked about last on the last session, and it keeps it refreshes that, that local stat, um, database cache um, continually, but the client is communicating with the inventory service, not the vCenter uh, components at that point in time. Right. So it's kind of been offloaded as well, the process. Right here. Okay. So something new that we'll see in a minute uh, when we jump in is uh, uh, we've actually changed the way you use uh, your navigation of, of, the, of your inventory, your uh, environments. 
Uh, something that we've uh, you know brought into this is a item called inventory lists. We have the ability now, uh, and I love inventory lists, and I'll uh, I'll I'll get on and talk to anyone about these because I, I just think they're really fascinating. But they are object type groups. So in a hierarchical world, you're going to be going through the host and clusters, VM and templates, storage, networking, etc., drilling down through the various levels that that roll up underneath those those trees. With inventory lists, you have the ability to see how many vCenters, how many hosts, how many clusters, etc. you have in your environment and be able to select that list where you'll be able to go straight to the one of the objects within that clusters or, or one of the objects with, on those hosts, etc. Things like that. And the idea is a hierarchical tree is, is kind of a parent-child relationship. With the inventory lists, we have the ability to go straight from relationship to relationship. So if we have a host, we know hosts have networks, we know hosts have storage. So we have the ability to go to through all those relationships with a single click. And so this really helps reduce uh, the amount of uh, navigation required to find objects within the environment. Mm. But for some of you that may be like, yeah, I don't really like the look of this, we have maintained the, uh, the, uh, the uh, hierarchical trees in this environment so that you can, you know, your first use case, you can uh, continue working as you are familiar with with the desktop client. You'll be able to continue doing the same thing in the web client. But I'll tell you, once you start getting the inventory list, the hang of it, you're, you're going to like, how did I ever do this without these? Because it is such a time saver for getting around your environment. And what I really love about this is the when you get into a particular object is there's always a, a tab and I forget the name of it at the top of my head which shows you the relationship that that yep. object has with other objects that it's linked to which I re what's nice about that is it becomes very very fluid depending on where you are it's mm -hmm. often quicker to go to what's related to that object to get where you want to be rather than it is to go to the top of the tree and work your way down which is what I used to do in the old vSphere client yep well, exactly, and it's like going from a VM to storage. There's a relationship. There has to be a relationship for those two together, but you'd have to go from one tree to the other. Where with the inventory list, it's it's brought right to you. You know, mm. it's it's there in your face. You know, as I like to say. But uh, um, so inventory lists are a great thing. But uh, for those a little hesitant on on the change, you can still use the web client in the the current model uh, of using hierarchical trees. So this is uh, the overview of the client. Uh, it's a little different to what we are familiar with with the desktop client. But rather than uh, look at uh, a slide here, uh, let, let's go into a live environment and, and see how, see how uh, um, it looks in, in real life. Okay, so switching over to my, my browser, uh, I have uh, connected into my uh, environment here. The one thing I want to point out firstly is to hit the web client, you're going to be using port 9443. This is a uh, configurable port, so you could change this, but we've not had any uh, uh, existent with other applications using this port. And I'm going to simply uh, log into uh, my web client here. And Mike, you may be asking, which server are you logging into? You're just logging in with a username and password. Well, if you remember from part one, we're using single sign-on, and we log in through single sign-on. Single sign-on authenticates us, and then we're given a token that is presented to the applications and components that we have access to, and that will all be made visible as we log in here. So just logging into the environment, we can see we're all initializing here, and we'll uh, come up with the, the home page. This home page probably has a little bit of similarity to the desktop client, 
I'm going to say this is probably about the only place that you're going to see that as well. Uh, not that to, to, to scare you off with using the web client, uh, but you will see once we get into it in a second of, of, of the Bennett's we have. So we have obviously along the left-hand side, we have a couple of options here that allow us to uh, you know, go straight to various uh, areas within the client. We have a, a main view here, which has the solutions uh, and shortcuts to various parts within those solutions. So we can see we can go to our vCenters or straight to host and clusters, etc. This will expand as we add more products in here. Partner solutions as well can be added into here. Uh, the tasks have now been moved over to the upper right here, and I can see all tasks running, uh, just the ones that are running or, or the ones that may have failed. And what's really nice here is we have a little ability here to say just the tasks of my user that I'm logged in as, or I want to see everyone's tasks. So we can do some filtering on, on a busy uh, scenario, busy solution that will allow us to uh, uh, filter down. We have this work uh, in progress uh, pane here, which we'll uh, come to in a minute, but that's the ability to where we can pause those configuration wizards and alarms down at the lower the low left here. One of the so things I one of the things I like about recent tasks is one of the things that used to sometimes irritate me about the vSphere client is you used to have that uh, recent tasks at the bottom, and sometimes there'd be something going on beyond that list that you'd have to scroll down to find its progress bar, or you'd end up sorting it by status to put all your various tasks together mm -hmm. so you could watch their progress. And I haven't yep. really had that problem with the web client at all because I can always see the running tasks that are going on and while I'm off doing other administration I can just keep an eye on them while I'm while they're going on it's it's I think it's a little bit easier to sort of monitor you know jobs that take a while like a storage vMotion or a vMotion might take a little while exactly. and, you know it's it's easier to keep an eye on them and you can go off and do other things other work and keep an eye on that task ready to pick it up once it's completed yeah, absolutely. And, and another nice thing, if we're struggling for real estate, you know, this we didn't have uh, a, a 10.24.7.6.8 in mind as, as the default for the size of the browser. We we've obviously see a lot of machines now with much higher resolutions, but uh, if you go up sort of one higher to 12.80, or, or even 720 at that point. But if you are fighting real estate, we also have the ability to unpin these side uh, panels so they can slide out and you still get kind of a, a little summary and you can move the mouse over and it'll move back in sort of thing. So we have the ability to kind of uh, filter out uh, some information as necessary. I'm just going to put this back. But let's, get, let's head into the, uh, the vCenter server. And we can see here, kind of similar to the, the slide that we were just looking at, we can see we've got our host and clusters, our VM templates, our storage, our networking, etc. And I can uh, you know, click on this and it'll take me into that window where I'll be able to see uh, my vCenters, I'll be able to expand the data center, the cluster, and see my hosts and VMs, etc. So I can still continue to work this way. Uh, it is, you know, once you start getting familiar with the inventory list, it will find that there is more clicks involved when you when you go this way. Uh, but we have the ability, obviously, uh, to go back to uh, to the vCenters. And one thing that you may notice here, Mike, is uh, my lab is vCenter Server Appliances, which we're going to talk about in part three. But I've got two vCenter servers here. We don't do linked mode on the appliance. The ability of uh, having uh, uh, the lookup service, uh, which is part of the single sign-on, is all components get registered. And as much as these two vCenters are separate entities, I have this single pane of glass view where I can manage and administer them without any requirement on linked mode. Mm. Obviously, if I need to have uh, roles, permissions replicated, licenses, etc. 
I would still need to maintain uh, linked mode, uh, which is a Windows-only feature today. But we found most of the use cases are really just just give me the view. I just want us to be able to see everything. Mm. And with the SSO environment and the web client, you get to have that capability. And what's even better, you can search across all of this as well at the same time. But I just want to come back to uh, the, the uh, inventory list. We can see we've got a couple of selections here. We have this arrow that tells us, hey, let's drill down further. So it's kind of one click, and then I can come up to my vCenter here, and I'll get the same thing there as well. So I can come in, and now I'm, I'm logged in. I'm, I'm connected to that one vCenter instance. I've got my summary page. We have these tabs. Now, one thing that happened with, uh, with the desktop client was we, we invented plugins for the desktop client. And we put four out uh, in, I think it was the 4.0 release. And it took probably 18 months, two years before people say, hey, I can see some potential here. And today, if you go into your 5.0 environment, you've probably got a handful of plugins. You've got tabs all over the place at the mm. top here. We mandated that these tabs, the top level tabs, will everything will fall underneath. If I click on monitor, we can see we get some subsections, manage. Uh, etc. So everything is going to roll up underneath this, so I don't need to be scrolling left and right to, to get from tab to tab, uh, for example. I've got a lot of plugins in my environment because I've got, I used to have the plugins for NetApp, Dell, EMC, and each of mm -hmm. them added tabs and added extra buttons all over the place, which I guess is a bit unusual that you'd have that many plugins from that many different storage vendors. But uh, once you've got those and then the uh, tabs and wherever you get from stuff from uh, from VMware that we're bringing in, you ended yep. up with quite a long scrolling across the top for various tabs, didn't you? Exactly. So the, these tabs are going to stay the same, but then we have obviously uh, underneath we have uh, areas that can be added. Um, so we can see our vCenter related objects here. But if we come to the vCenter, we can see we have an arrow, so we can actually drill in a bit further. And look what we're going to have now presented to us. We have inventory lists of everything related to that one vCenter. So I can see my data centers. I can see clusters. I can see hosts. I can see my virtual machines. Let's select virtual machines because there's something really cool here. I can see the virtual machines in my lab environment on this demo down in this lower left window. I'm still in the vCenter object at this point. So I can still go ahead and do stuff here. But I have the ability here to go straight to a VM if necessary. Let, let, me, let me select a VM2 here. I can bring up the, uh, the, the, the management pane, the summary tab here. Let, let's go in and, and pull up some configuration information here. Let's go to, say, VM options. Okay, I'm looking at VM options for the uh, app 2. This is a pop-up screen on the desktop client. If I want to go to another machine, I have to click, click cancel and, and open up the other one. I can just click three here from this left-hand side, and I'm updated with the same property sheet, but for that VM. Nice. And again... So this is another one of those real nice little time savers that allow us to, to, to go in. But I also have the ability to, from the list at the top here, I may want to go straight into the virtual machine list and use it in the main view. I don't want to be working out of a little window on the side, although you can see some benefit there. But I can actually go in and have the full list populated in the main view as well if necessary. So there's, there's a, a, a couple of uh, items there. We, I call that stickiness because we're able to be able to go through the property sheets without uh, uh, losing track of where we are. Well, I'm going to navigate back to the same point every time you switch from one object type that's similar to another. Exactly. Yeah, I can just, I, it's already presented, and it will, it will present 100 at a time sort of thing. If you have a large inventory, you'll have be able to scroll between the first 100 entries, and then as you go down, it'll obviously populate the next 100 entries, etc., and things like that. But one thing that you'll, uh, um, you know, you, you, pick, you mentioned there is, is going back, 
And in a hierarchical world, you're going to go back up the tree. So you kind of have this structure. Whereas when we're using inventory lists, it's all based on relationships. So you could, you know, it's not a, a, a never-ending circle, but you could, uh, you know, how, how do I go back up a level if, if I'm going from relationship to relationship? Well, with uh, as it's a flat level type of uh, navigation, we have this arrow here that gives us a history. So we can see where we've come from and I can point, jump back to a point in time. I can go back to my host and clusters if necessary or even back to the home page, uh, although I do have a home icon here. Yeah. Or I can simply just go back up one level. I'm, I, I can just click on the arrow here and it'll take me back up to my vCenters, for example. And so let's, uh, let's click on the host here. I want to show something else that we've, we've actually done as well. We have the ability to, uh, you know, how do, where are all my actions gone? You know, I have all these, uh, these drop-down menus from the desktop client where I can go in and I can do all of this, this information. Well, I can see my host down here. I can right-click on it. And the first time you open it up, as, uh, as you can see here, it's just going to do a quick cache. But we have this uh, notion of a, pr a promoted list. This promoted list allows us to go straight to the top 10 actions for that object type. But if it's something that's not so common, not so, so uh, 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 visible in the, in the list, I can always go down to the all vCenter actions, same right click, just, just a little move of the mouse, and have all the actions available uh, to me within that uh, that right click as well. You know what? I didn't even know that second uh, context menu is there because nine times out of ten, it's what I've wanted is being on the on the first right click of whatever the it's, object is. And uh, it's not dynamic. The the top ten, it's uh, it's it is a, a set list. Uh, it may become dynamic in, in the future, but as of right now, uh, it's uh, you know if if it's not in that 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 list there, we have the extended list here, and this is where other solutions will fit in. What what if we had SRM? What if we had VCD uh, integrated at this point in time? I'd have the same capability all here on the right click menu, and that's something that's really good about the client is we want to bring all solutions in, and because of the relationships, if I have an SRM in my environment. I can go to a VM and I'll be able to pull up SRM information from that VM object. I don't have to go to an SRM tab and look at the protection groups or anything like that. I'll be able to see which protection group it's in and when it was last you know, recovered, for example, and information like that uh, from the VM object. It's all based on relationships. And adding further on that, antivirus from our, our third-party vendors, our storage information, all can be sucked in and populated in this environment to extend it. So we have a, you know, the information I like to say is brought to you, rather you, you know, and this is a Texas thing, go hunting for the information, mm. you know. So. so we also have, without right-clicking down at the bottom, once we have a selected object, I also have the ability from the actions window at the top here as well. And that will obviously, uh, you know, come here. I can create, I'm on the vCenter object, so I can create a new data center, add folders, etc., and expand as necessary there. So let's let's go back up to uh, the, back to the vCenter object here, and let's let's go back to my virtual machines. I want to show something that I think is really cool here. I've got this uh, app three, and I want to uh, I want to migrate it. So I'm gonna you know migrate has been changed to move to, and we're gonna pull up the the wizard here, and I'm basically going to uh, select a uh, uh, data center, and I'm going to select a uh, another host. And I'm not sure which host I'm running on right now, so this may uh, go all wrong on me, but I just want to click OK here. And it's going to validate that. And it looks like I was already on there. Nope, here we go. So I want to change the host. And I'm in this configuration wizard. 
and it's going to go through the the various uh, checks you know that we're all familiar with and uh, I get to you know the selection of the host that I want to move it to the host I maybe I want to move it to isn't visible maybe it's in maintenance mode or maybe my boss is calling me and is like hey I need to jump you need to jump on this right right away rather than losing all this information as we spoke about I have these two double arrows here in fact you can click anywhere in this outer area and it will uh, just minimize down and if I bring this little side window back out we can see that we now have an entry in the work in progress I can continue with what I want to do within the client I can go put out those fires I can I can even go home you know you know we as much as we don't like work in the evenings it's kind of come <laughs> I go home again I got my uh, home page come up it's server based I can pull this back up and it will come back in to exactly where I left off it will even refresh with the data change so if I'd had brought a host out of of uh, maintenance mode that would be presented here as well and I could choose that maybe that host and then I can just click next and and continue as is so that's uh, that's the work in progress feature that I think is a, a real nice to have uh, feature within the environment. Uh, one last area I want to talk about, and I uh, hope we're doing okay for time. Mike. Sure, you can you carry on. I want to do some uh, some stuff on searching. So obviously, you know, as a consumer, when we want information, we we go to a search engine. We we type in our criteria, and we get thousands and thousands of results. What well, as we work with uh, large inventories, we talked about tagging and the optimization of, of what tags can do with search criteria. Well, when we do search, we obviously have the ability to go in and do a, a very simple search like I'm going to do here. I'm going to say search, and it's going to go into my environment. But when it returns the results, I also get the results separated by object type in the inventory, as well as tabulated across the top here as well. That's cool. So I have the ability there to, you know, filter on the fly as I get basic searching. But I may want to go in a bit more advanced, and I have the ability to go in and uh, do a, a more complex uh, in uh, search criteria here, where I could maybe say, you know, let's find a virtual machine, and uh, let's say my VM tools are, let's say, out of date. So I could do a, a, a specific search criteria here. I could add exist, uh, additional criteria. So if I want to uh, search across multiple uh, criteria or even another object type within the same search, I can have all that ability and be able to run it. Obviously, my environment's up to date. That's a good thing. I give myself a pat on the back for that. <laughs> you know, this might be a monthly thing I want to run. So I have the ability to save a search. And I'm going to uh, rename this. Just, you know, it populates the name automatically. But uh, I have the ability to, to save that search. And then when I come back at a later stage, I can go to the, back to the home page. I'm, you know, oh, let me, let me check my VM tools. Come to saved searches. And I can see, actually, I have a repeat of this one. But uh, I can see I have uh, uh, the search automatically populated. And I just run it straight away. So that's, that's two areas of searching. But there's another one. No matter where you are within the environment, I'm just going to navigate down into uh, somewhere down into a vCenter here, and I can be working away as as I am on this on these hosts, for example. And I've got a little search bar up the top. Now this does uh, look ahead. Uh, I, I there is a correct terminology, but it's it's like a suggestive searching. So if I did the same search again, it's actually going to populate the same results from the the client exactly where I'm at at that point. That's that's like a Spotlight on the Mac, isn't it? Much like that, yes. 
And so you're able to filter down, you know, as you as you type, you know, and and go in and and get the res- the the results tuned. But I also have the ability to come in and select from that down arrow here and use those saved searches as well. So I don't have to go to that home page and go through the the process that I showed you just then. Everything is right there in that top right corner and you have full functionality at that point in time. So that's uh that's uh kind of the web client itself. We talked about tagging in the last section, so I'm I don't think we need to uh, uh get in uh, into demoing that. But let's uh let's switch back to uh the uh, and and talk about plugins. So that was a uh a high speed overview of of the web client uh, rather than going through the screen, but how does that really fit into you know the issues that we we develop the the client around? Well, this is your platform of choice, your browser of choice supported client now. It's it's platform agnostic. It's built with the architecture to be, handle thousands of objects. I, I'm only seeing on the screen, uh, uh, I'm only getting what is requested from the server is visible on the screen. I'm not being given everything that's changed as we use the, the desktop client. The performance is, is improved immensely with the retrieval of information. We've mandated the extensibility, the look and feel, everything will move into this and I've given an example of how those solutions are going to fit in and become part of those relationships to the objects that they work with. We saw the workflow log there where we're able to pause a current task and continue later, um, later maybe in the evening when I'm logged in via another, another browser on another machine for example. And the best thing about all of this, and I think this is the one that knocks all the rest in the water, is upgrades. This is a web component now. You upgrade the web server uh, components, everyone's up to date with the latest and greatest. There's no download this, download that, or I need to go back to an older version and things like that. Everything is, is upgraded in one place or in the farm if you have multiple web client uh, servers uh, providing scalability. Everything is right there. So that's how we feel the web client supports most of that. But the big question you're asking now, and I've touched a little bit on it, is what about these plugins? You know, today the desktop client is a C sharp environment, and we have a mixture of C sharp and HTML5 or HTML actually uh, plugins tabs uh, for the desktop client. This is now a web client architecture, so those plugins do need to go through an update. They need to be uh, recreated uh, and and housed as a server plugin in Flex. We do have uh, a temporary workaround for one release only, where if it is a pure HTML plugin, which is what it was, all plugins were supposed to be defined by. Although we know some people uh, were were able to go ahead and use the C C sharp uh, plugin capability, but if it is purely HTML plugin, we have a temporary workaround where we can uh, have that plugin available as a legacy plugin listed on the home page of the web client. And that will allow open up an iframe with the contents of that plugin, basically, and allow you to use those those legacy plugins at that point in time. VMware plugins, uh, we are around uh, 90 days after GA. So we went GA on the 10th of uh, September. So before the end of the year, we should have uh, a couple of plugins. Uh, the update manager is one of the biggest uh, plugins, uh, use cases for plugins. And we will have a, a toned down version of the VUM plugin available, uh, providing compliance and scanning only. And the reason I say toned down is we've actually, we're actually working on the successor to VUM. We have a, a new technology that's going to be really, really cool uh, in, the, in an upcoming release. And it's going to replace the update manager itself. And so we're kind of engineering this new product rather than keeping the other one up to date. But because of uh, the use cases around keeping my hosts up to date, etc., 
we'll be able to scan and uh, um, check for compliance with this update manager, but we'd still use the desktop client for, for delivering those patches uh, with this plugin. Uh, we have vCenter Orchestrator that's out of the box, already configured and installed in the uh, web client, as well as uh, the virtual infrastructure navigator is capable of running as, as, as a web client only function as well. So uh, those plugins are available. All the other plugins will be available as they get updated. SRM, you know, View, VCD, etc. All of that will be you know, eventually merged into the web client. Third-party plugins. What about my storage? What about my networking, etc. Well, uh, we have a uh, couple of them already available. I think we have three. I know you mentioned Pure. Uh, I think we have uh, an EMC uh, available as well as HP plugin available, uh, but they've uh, all committed to being available within 90 days of release uh, to have the storage and then all the, the what we would call the tier 2 plugins will be updated uh, you know, during the, the course of the, the first six months, uh, first year of, of the update. And these are the ones that we have uh, strong commitments uh, with today. I know VCE are very uh, uh, almost uh, on releasing theirs. Uh, Pure is out, uh, HP is out, um, but these are the ones that we, we know for sure, and this list is expanding on a on a day-to-day -day basis. And obviously, with that uh, in integration, the, you know, being able to extend, bring in your own products or, or customize, we have a public SDK with the web client. Now, what the web client will allow you to, you know, develop your own plugins so that you can uh, add that functionality to, and maintain the consistent look and feel. Uh, and deploy uh, plugins more effectively. Uh, there is uh, documentation on the link provided here, uh, VMware support pubs, SDK underscore pubs, and we do have training available. So if you do want, if your SDK, something that you're interested in, uh, look up the, these sites because we do have the, the functionality, uh, uh, the capability to get you up and running pretty quickly and, and develop and, and enhance your own user experience. All right, so that's the web client, and uh, you've gone quiet, Mike. So hopefully that's. Yeah, I was just trying not to interrupt you while you got into things. I've been talking the web client for quite some time, and uh, yeah, I can I can go off on a little uh, rampant rage sometimes. You know, I get passionate with it. So, but uh, let's 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 talk about uh, vCenter performance here. Uh, so this is a late addition to to all the decks that we've been working with. Um, prior to the release of 5.1, and it was actually news to me. But we've actually uh, went through and uh, looked at you know the web client. We've talked about how some of the performance changes there. We've got our backend, the vCenter itself, the database, the stats, and then we obviously have the single sign-on. So we know that when we're using the web client, you know the reads are coming from the inventory service. That's how we get a lot of the the reduced load on the vCenter itself, um, hitting that cache. Uh, obviously, writes are still against the vCenter and the vCenter database, etc. At that point, we have the single sign-on that we've uh, done testing, where we can have up to 30 logons a second or 10,000 an hour as an average. But where a lot of you know a lot of the uh, the performance uh, degradation comes from is actually the database itself, and and primarily around stats. Stats has been a a performance uh, um, item for us for a while now and, and where we feel that we've made uh, actually I'm going to show you we've made great headways with the performance so stats today we have the ability to insert stats roll up stats and purge stats and uh, this was typically all based 
on a one big table and you know you're taking every item and putting it into this table over time that table gets so big it, it's, it slows down the ability to insert these stats or actually roll up these stats in a, uh, a, a short amount of time it could take hours if it's necessary so we've actually partitioned the stats database now into much smaller uh, tables so that allows us to be able to work much quicker with the with the updates of of stats whether we're inserting or rolling them up or purging them we're able to remove the collisions between the data being that if I do a roll up my next roll up is being delayed because it's still doing the roll up previously you know a roll up should be a you know a short period of time but we actually found customers were actually hitting hours and hours just to do their roll ups of stats and so this actually prevents the collisions between those 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 tasks those transactions uh, occurring in in this process, and obviously being able to provide faster purges uh, with the with the partitioning of the tables obviously allows us to provide uh, uh, the ability to not search and, and drop stale rows. Uh, we're able to uh, purge much more effectively, and the result dramatically reduced I/O, dramatically faster roll-up times, and predictable roll-up procedures. Can I ask a question there about uh, the database and specifically about performance? Um, one of the things that people used to say or point out a lot was while the, the data that you store in virtual center is quite small, the performance data obviously is, is, quite, is quite a lot of it. And as you were saying, we roll it up and we average it and things like it. But we used to see the transaction logs uh, on, a, on a SQL database grow quite large. Does that do anything? Is these changes doing anything for those transaction logs? Or am I still, I really need to do regular backups to make sure that the transaction logs are being played against the database and then, and then removed? Yeah, so, so obviously rolling up the stats from, from the VCDB into the stats, that stats tables is obviously going to be as much improved because of these changes here, which obviously will affect the the transaction logging as well. Because a lot of that logging is not only just each each rollup job or each purge, for example. Mm. It's uh, you know as as we back those up, that's creating more backlog with with the tasks and on hand with with the vCenter itself. Mm. So uh, there there will be an improvement definitely in in the transaction logging. Good. And so uh, let's uh, let's see uh, how obviously uh, wh 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 what does this mean? Well, we've always told customers, you know, you got to you got to stay at the the low stats level um, unless you have a support issue where support may help you, you know, bump it up for a short period of time because we don't want to increase the the workload um, that the server is doing, the database uh, sizing is, or the, the information being stored in the database. But with these changes, we're actually able to, to provide a higher level of, of stats now to be able to be recorded and not affect production or, or your working environment, for example. So, you know, these roll-ups, you know, take minutes as opposed to hours. And uh, you don't need, they're not going to back up in a chain and, and line up and say, hey, I'm next sort of, sort of thing. One thing you may not know is actually when the roll-ups occurred, there was actually an hour gap in those stats as well. Mm. And, uh, the change in these the, the database architecture here is actually we've reduced those gaps now, so there is no gaps. You get uh, you know stat for stat in in the tables as as they're rolled up, which obviously means better overall database performance and better vCenter performance when at scale. And just to show an example of this, and this is really kind of over the uh, um, 5.1 over the previous version, 5.0 performance, we've done those same tests. And obviously, you know, vCenter 
uh, with the thousand hosts, ten uh, ten thousand VMs, you know, if we took that as the benchmark for performance, vCenter five one was actually a, a, a capable of achieving the same results with a fifteen percent re redu reduction in CPU utilization. So that's that to me. That's that's a great performance uh, number there, just to show the difference between five zero and five one, and the effects of that database and the architecture of the five one environment. Cool. So that's that's all for for part two. Uh, um, obviously, uh, follow me on the, the blogs vmware.com, vSphere, and Twitter. Although I've been a little quiet this week on Twitter. Uh, You've been spending so much time doing videos with me. You haven't had time to Twitter. That's the that's the problem. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick with this for part three because in part three we're going to talk about the virtual center appliance. So join us back for part three coming soon. <laughs>